Welcome to the Allured Life Podcast. My name is Katie Christ, and in 2016, I wrote down in a journal that I was going to become unapologetically my best self. And my purpose is to help women do the same, whether that's overcoming body image issues, creating next level inner confidence, or up-leveling our emotional intelligence and sense of worth. I believe that by investing in and developing who we are, we can exponentially transform the world we live in. My mission is to create power and influence in the hands of women. These are conversations for those ready to rise. This is the Allured Life Podcast. <laughs> Let's go all in. All right. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Allured Life Podcast. Um, I can't help but laugh because so what this episode is going to be about, um, we're continuing our conversation about leadership. Um, and why I I'm laughing. It's because today we're going to talk about kind of what gets in the way of women specifically really owning and taking on leadership roles uh, <laughs> in the form of just this needing of a perfection or this needing of feeling like women or leadership does need to have kind of this excellence, this perfectionism, um, whether it's conscious or unconscious, really. Um, so I'm laughing because as I'm hitting record on this, or actually as I was not hitting record on this, as I was looking at my notes and rephrasing my notes and it, Googling more, and <laughs> I've been using um, a chat, basically AI as like, I work by myself. I work remotely. So it's just me. And so it's been really nice just to, it's like my little like buddy, <laughs> like, Hey, what do you think about this topic? Or what are some more information about feminine energetics or feminine leadership? Um, so it's just been, it's been a little bit of fun. So side note on that, uh, if you're in a role like me, or even if you're just working and you have a question, use AI, honestly use technology. Um, and then you can use the information that you're given where a lot of the times it's like, beep, boop, 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 this is da, da, da. And it's like, not that in depth, but like you can still just, I don't know, use your own knowledge, your own base to figure it out um, and to make it more, make it yours. Um, so what we're going to be talking about is diving deeper into, cause what I want what I desire to see in this world is more women that are heart-based leaders taking on leadership positions, positions that make a difference in the world. Whether again, that's you stepping into the highest level of leadership where you're a world leader, or if it's taking on a leadership role just in your household, and most importantly, with yourself, leading yourself. So we're going to get into one of one, one of the ways that it's really hard for women to step into leadership roles. Um, and this, and, and it might not even just be, it might not, not, it might not be hard to step into and be either given or receive this kind of title or this personality trait of being a leader, but it's inherently 100% without a shadow of a doubt, knowing you are a leader in this world that's making an impact and influence and not needing other people to validate that for you. Not 
needing other people to say, hey, here's the raise and that's why you are a good leader or here or here is the accolade or here is the praise or the um, applause needed for you to inherently know that you are a leader. Instead, where I want to see leadership really kind of transform, and I and I think this will make such a big difference. And I'm kind of talking about this in a in a bigger sense of leadership. Leadership is big, right? And a lot of the times we just think of leadership as like being a CEO or being a boss or being kind of this person that's in power, in power. But that's where this conversation of leadership. What I want to break down, it's not a it's not a conversation about power. It's not a conversation of what I say goes. It's not a conversation of like I I do this and people follow me. And if they don't follow me, then then they're wrong. That's not this conversation whatsoever. Leadership is more so it really starts from, and I again I got this from my mentor, Melanie Ann Layer. It's a for me, for you, for us paradigm. For me, for you, for us way of going about things, leading yourself first, having this belief in yourself first. And then it's, it's about the people that follow me or the people that follow you, the people that you are leading, the people that I am leading and the people that your mom is leading and your sister is leading and all the women in your life and the women outside of your life too, the influential women and this can apply to men too, but I want to speak to women because I feel like this is something that we're really not thrusted upon as like, you can do this. So that's why I speak to women. But where was I going? <laughs> I completely lost my my train of thought. It was a little bit of a tangent. Um, I know it was going somewhere, but trust that it'll all make sense. This will all come together in a perfect way. Um, I just know I, I lost the transition. <laughs> Um, so let's start and talk about kind of where we, I want, I want us to keep this framework of a, for me, for you, for us. And this is where I'll kind of touch on where we allow this need for perfection. It comes in and it's actually ruining our one, our ability to lead or our, uh, stepping into leadership roles, but it's also too, it's hindering the collective of us creating leaders that are heartfelt, heart-based leaders. Leaders that have a balance of both having a, a high standard for their heart, like they're truly leading from their heart. And then at the same time too, they have a balance of ego as well. As well. It's not just because, because this is all, I'll describe the differences between heart and ego. So heart is very much, it's, it's people forward. It's I'm loving on people. I want the good for everything, everybody to come into play. I want this for you. I want this for you. I want this for us. Like very much just leading with your heart, loving on individuals. So that's kind of self-explanatory, right? Heart, heart-based is you love people <laughs> and you love yourself too, heart-based. And then the ego is also too, of just kind of having a little side of you that's like okay i deserve this this is this is something that i des- like i claim and i want and i i desire so it's kind of when you look at it it's kind of the same 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 thing right it's a lot of it's a love it's a lo- a heart is a lot of of a love for you and sometimes the ego seems like it's a love for just me 
And so we have this, we want to, we want to balance it, right? We want to, we want to be individuals. We want to be leaders that have a balanced heart based leadership and also this ego side to them as well, too. Cause sometimes when we have a mixed balance, this is where you'll, you'll see the difference very, very clearly. If you are more heart based leader and your ego is real, real, real low, this is when you're looking for validation. You don't have kind of the standard of, or this love for yourself of just like, I got me, I got me. Your ego is very, very low. And so you need people to kind of boost you up, say, Hey, you're doing a good job. Cause you don't know how to do that for yourself. So your ego is low. And when your heart is really high, really big, this is when the people pleasing tendencies tend to come out for, for women. <laughs> Um, again, I know this, this applies to men, but I'm going to just keep it real and straight women. Holy shit. We are people pleasers left and right. This is where it's, there's a little bit of an out of balance of, we would rather please other people. We would la rather lead from our heart of just like, I want this for you. And we neglect ourselves in the process. So heart is high. Ego is low. Now let's talk about the flip side. Flip side is when the ego is high and the heart is low. This is where this, this person right here is like that individual that's in power. That's like, I, oh my gosh, a mouse just, okay. It's outside, but it just went through my deck. Uh-oh. Okay. What is it? What is the sign that you see a mouse? Am I being meek right now? I don't know. Um, so when your ego is high and your heart is low, this is like the typical, like, I don't know, whenever, whenever you see somebody in power, that's like the evil villain in the movie, ego high, they just want money. They want it for themselves. They want the accolades. They want, like, they just, they desire so much. They're so greedy and their heart is low. They could care less about people. These are the, this is the spectrum of leadership. Oh, Cabby is now chasing the, <laughs> the mouse. <laughs> um, so we have these three different scenarios, right? And well, not even scenarios, but there's a spectrum. There's the high end, high ego end, low ego end, high heart end, low heart end. And what we want to find in ourselves and in our own personal development and growth is how to balance the two. So we have equal parts heart and equal parts ego. And as we're building ourselves as influential people, as leaders, we want to build our capacity to raise our heart. So really allow ourselves to love more, lead more, be more vulnerable with people that we're leading. And at the same time to not neglect our ego as well, raise our ego just as much, raise our self-importance. So we don't, we don't lose ourselves in this process. So it's a really, it's, it's, it's a great dance um, that sometimes when we, and this is, it's, it's hard to step into because of this wound that a lot of us as women carry. And so this is one of the things that gets in our way of claiming our leadership right as women is called, and I learned this um, through my training, it's the motherhood wound. So the motherhood wound, and this is something, again, I, I was like, I'm not perfect at this. Like, and it, and it almost stopped me from pressing record, but we're just going to go with this and we're going to dive deeper. Um, 
If you have questions about this, send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. Ask your questions. I'd be happy, happy, happy to respond. Um, Because this is something that it took me a little bit to really sit with and dive into and ask myself, okay, where does this come up for me? This motherhood wound, this motherhood wound, this motherhood wound. And even I was like talking to my mom kind of a little about it. And she was like a motherhood wound. Like what, (laughs) what wound did I cause you? And (laughs) there's, it was, it was a fun conversation when we dove into it. She was like, okay, I see it, but I'm also perfect Katie. So I don't know what you're talking about. Um, if you know my mom, she's very, she's funny. Um, so where, so what is the motherhood wound? Motherhood wound, I'll, I'll dive into this a little deep-ish, um, but the basis of it is just our idea of being in an authority position. There is a level of perfectionism attached to being an authority, a good authority. Someone that's like, hey, you actually deserve to lead. There's a level of a te- or a, a perfectionism that we, con- I, I would say a lot of the times unconsciously attach to leaders. So let's, let's, let's uh, not, or like let's, let's massage this one out. So where does this inherently start? It starts in our childhood. <laughs> um, like everything, right? Um, and again, this is, this is little bit more it's generic everybody's situation is very subjective um and there's nuances to it right so take this with a grain of salt and just kind of whatever lands for you take it whatever is like your body says like no 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 no, leave it that's okay totally okay that's that's how i i coach if it lands for you perfect if it doesn't that's okay um we learn through validation and through contradiction. So we learn through if if we hear something we're like, yeah, no, I really agree with that. I'm I'm validated by that. We learn. And if you're like, no, 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 I don't like there's contrast and so you also learn a little bit as well too. So I always preface this with any of my podcasts or teachings or master classes or coaching sessions. Um my desire is that we level up whichever way that looks, either through validation or through contrast. Um And also know too, I want to make the caveat of, I know that not all people listening to and individuals listening to this may resonate with having a mother quote unquote figure. Um, I want to use mother as just the, the role in your childhood, um, of the nurturer, um, the person that created security and safety and comfort in you. So whether that actually is what a quote unquote mother is titled to look like, um, or if that was another individual in your life as well. Um, and also too, I, I want, if, if you were raised in a household where that wasn't present whatsoever, um, there was a lack of kind of a nurturing figure in your life. Um, I want to acknowledge that and also still listen to this because I, I do think there's so much nuggets in here that we can really just look at how we're going about our our leadership abilities um, and our leadership with ourselves and also with other individuals. Um, and also too, learning this information, it was a little bit at first, it started off less about being introspective and seeing how this applied to my specific scenarios and my specific kind of 
childhood and my personality, I felt, or not personality, um, the way that I did things, it was easier for me to start off with seeing how other people started to showcase these traits, this personality, this almost triggered or trauma induced behavior. So again, I, I listened to this, some of this stuff may not land for your life right now. Um, cause sometimes it's a little bit harder to be a little bit more introspective on our life and us. <laughs> and we're like, I'm not, I, it's not me. It's them. It's a them problem. Um, so it's easier to look at other individuals and start to see it in them where they might be walking from this wound or walking from this trigger, um, which is totally perfect. Cause this will just help you deepen your understanding of what the motherhood loop motherhood wound looks like. Um, and then when you are ready to dive into it for you, it'll start, you'll have so many more different examples of it. So, <laughs> so the motherhood wound. So it comes from when we were children, we had, again, this mother figure for us, or again, whoever was the nurturing role in our life. And from a very, very, very young age, we saw this mother figure of ours. We idolized her or them. I'm going to use her um, for the the role that I'm giving her. So it's going to be a her. Um, change it if it if it needs to be. So we idolized her, and we saw this level of perfection around her. And this is it, it, this is a natural form of parent and child relationship, and it served it honestly served as a really important developmental function for the child, because it did the children then kind of learn to rely on their parents, um, again particularly their mothers for care, comfort, and security. And this idealizing their mother or this viewing their mother as a certain level of perfectionism, it really did help the child feel safe and feel loved. And again, having that care and comfort and security. So again, this is normal, completely normal for very, very, very young children to see their mothers as perfect or to really idolize them. Because again, it was a almost a bonding factor um, or a developmental factor where it's like this perfect person is making me so safe, so comfortable, so secure as I am so reliant on them as a little baby. Um, so again, there's a real attachment of feeling safety and feeling a sense of love from seeing their mom as perfect, as idolizing them. And then life happens. <laughs> And there comes a moment when children realize that their mother isn't perfect. So I wouldn't get too nuanced of, oh my gosh, I have to go back and look at when was the exact point that I saw that my mom was not perfect. And like, don't do that. Don't do that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe it does. Maybe it will. Um, I've definitely had some like meditation and healing work that some scenarios do come up. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, but this is where it's just realizing and recognizing that we start to understand that, hey, our mom is human. Our mom is human. But at the time, it feels we don't understand what's happening. This authority figure, this person that I deemed to be perfect, I idolized as the authority figure the person that tells me what to do and I follow, they're not perfect. 
And so then we have this kind of struggle of what leadership and authority looks like because we're like, wait a minute, wait, wait. So when this when this starts to happen, when this perfect this illusion of perfection is like almost destroyed for us, two things tend to happen. Um, the first thing is that there is a level of rebelliousness towards the authority of well, wait, you're not so perfect. So why do I need to follow you? We start to question the authority. And the second thing is, remember when I talked about how an I, the reason why children idolize or find perfection in the mother is because it did give them the sense of safety and security and comfort. Then the moment that they mess up or some, or there's a stumbling block with the mom there. And again, this isn't as conscious as it is just subconscious, but there's this trigger of just like, wait, wait, if it's not perfect, if this person isn't perfect, then there's the question of, is my safety at risk right now? We start to kind of feel unsafe when we, when we start to notice that the one person that gave the safetyness, gave the sense of safety, gave the sense of comfort, she's not perfect it ends up causing a little bit of a trauma for us, a little bit of a trigger. This trigger and the authority, uh, they're not. if they're not perfect, then I'm not safe aspect. And again, this is such a, this is such a, like an unconscious feeling that just because we're not taught, and especially because it happens at such a young age, we're not processing what's happening here we're questioning it we're like what what is going on and so this is where having the conversation of this i think just will dive deeper into and it'll stop the generational aspect of this continuing and continuing to compound and compound and compound into adulthood instead of let's have the conversation right now of what this looks like in adulthood this motherhood wound and then we can kind of start to heal it we can heal it so again, let's go back to the first case scenario of this kind of rebellion aspect. Um, again, our our form or our knowledge and our understanding of authority was shaped when we were young children. It was mom or I guess like parent, but let's just look at the mom. Let's just really dive deep onto the motherhood wound because there is a fatherhood wound, um, motherhood wound. So mom, authority, me, not authority. <laughs> and we we ended up putting our mom onto this pedestal and then she fell off. So now we're constantly trying to find this, be like, okay, let's, let's get back into what I idolized and what was the perfect authority scenario is that the authority version is perfect. They have a certain level of perfection to them. And this is where our belief around leadership, and this is where it comes into play into adulthood, is that the leaders in our world, the leaders in our life, the leaders in our community, in our society, and even the people that we follow as, okay, I want to follow you. I want to, I want to follow the way that you're doing life. We put them on a pedestal. We make them, we're, we're saying, okay. And again, this, a lot of it is not conscious. We put them on a pedestal and we put them on this level of perfectionism. And to me, at least, I it doesn't start to unravel this thought that, oh, I've been putting them onto a pedestal until they do something wrong. The moment a leader does something wrong, they have a human, like something comes up, their humanness shows. They mess up. 
they say something off. They say something off-putting. They do something that you don't like. And that's when we get mad. That's when we, right now, we're in this cancel culture. We're in this cancel culture that's just like, all right, you're not a good leader. You are not a good leader. Canceled. (laughs) Done. We question them. And also, we become angry. We become angry that the people that we see that are imperfect, that they're leading. And like, this is where we get triggered. We get triggered a lot of the times. And even just kind of start to start to look on and, and maybe a, a place of social media might be a really good place for this. <laughs> be careful though. But just start to look at, okay, when do you get bothered by somebody? Just so simple. But just not, like, where do you get bothered by somebody? Do you get bothered by some, I, I actually used to get bothered by, and I would, I would get bothered by people that were in the health and wellness space and they were, sh- oh, what? actually here it is. I would get bothered by, <laughs> oh, this is so, oh, I would get bothered by young women. And this is where we'll talk about for another time, the sisterhood wound. Um, I would get bothered by women, either my age or younger that had a, what I would consider or what my, I've been conditioned to understand would be a perfect body, would be an idealized body. And I would get bothered when they would talk about how they've been on this journey of finding, like getting into their best health of their life and that they know how to coach women to do the same. Um, And I was bothered by that because I was like, you like looking, you just went from being skinny to being toned. I'm like, you don't understand. I was picking apart their leadership abilities by saying, because for me, a perfect what what I would define as a perfect health and wellness individual that would be helping around body image is somebody that went from going from something that a body type that was quote unquote, not ideal in society to now being a body type that was ideal. So this again, I'm not, I'm like, I hate seeing this, but this is the work that we start to see people. And we, I, I was like, why am I getting bothered by this? Once I started learning more about leadership and kind of seeing that they're that looking at perfectionism, where I was just asking myself, where did this show up for me? Where has this show, show up and where is it currently showing up? So it's just this example of seeing somebody leading in the field. So again, I saw a woman my age or younger, leading in the fi- the fi- leading in the field of body image, of wellness, of weight loss, and my quote unquote perfect style is somebody that has gone like really transformed their health from going from a place of the standards they were not living into the body type of the standards that was conditioned to be normal or conditioned to be kind of idealized. They're going from that standard to an idealized standard. That was like, okay, that's perfect leadership right there. You went from point A to point B to the pain point to the, they had the best health ever. What I didn't think was perfect leadership, what I was like, that's, you're not good was, oh, you went from being skinny to being confident in your skinniness. (laughs) What? You went from like being in college to 
like where you were wearing and I would look oh god this is so embarrassing that I'm talking about this I would look back at the individual's Instagram when to their before that they were talking about I look at their pictures and I'm like you are in like almost the same body type but now you're just like you got some muscle on you so this is what I'm talking about where it's we as individuals because of our kind of this need for perfectionism in leadership is keeping people stuck, is keeping women from not taking on leadership roles. Because you might be sitting here and listening to my example and you're like, uh, you are right, Katie. She should not be leading in weight loss if she didn't have to lose a bunch of weight, whatever a bunch of weight is, <laughs> right? It's so subjective. It's like, oh, I lost one pound. Like you can talk about weight loss, but some people are like, no, 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 you can never talk about weight loss. You are not, you are not the type of leader, leader. but I am dismissing this woman's entire story. I'm dismissing her entire capability of her power, of what she had to go through, of what she like what what the information that she's collected because a lot of the time sometimes leaders leaders are role models because they've actually gone through the scenarios and sometimes at the same time too leaders are informative leaders they're like i love this topic i know so much about this i know from the bottom of my heart that i can help you there's different types of leaders but the one thing that i want to make you aware of is the how detrimental it is to keep holding on to this perfection, this need for perfection in leadership. And again, I want to go back into the for me, for you, for us. So let's go. I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to start with the for us. So the, so the for us is the collective. It's like everybody in the world. So this wound, this does this need for people in leadership position to be perfect? This right here is the reason why cancel culture is happening. The moment someone says something wrong, canceled, done. One example, and I popped up because my uh, <laughs> my mouse right now is actually covering her book right now in the background. If you're on YouTube, I have my um, bookcases in the background and I'm doing this through Zoom so I can see where my mouse is at on my screen. Right now, it's covering up Rachel Hollis's Girl Stop Apologizing book. So Rachel made in 2020 20 or 2021, 2021 maybe, she made a social media post where she talked about how, um, I, I don't even, I won't get into it. Um, if you want to Google it, <laughs> she made a comment on social media um, that she thought would be funny and it backlashed. And she was hardcore canceled, quote unquote, lost followers, lost like business deals, lost partnerships, um, hardcore canceled. If you agree or disagree with the cancel culture, that's fine. Here's my problem with it. The cancel culture is leading to women, not even women, Heart, remember when I talked about heartfelt, equal part heart, equal part ego? The cancel culture is leading to the heart part of us and the ego part of us as well, too, to stop taking on leadership roles. Because we have this fear of what if I get canceled? This fear of, I don't know if my heart can take on 
opening myself up to lead where I don't know if I can uphold this level of perfection. Because right now I disappoint myself. And this is where we'll get to the for me part. But this is this is where I have such a hard time with cancel culture in any aspect because one, again, it's it's limiting our it's it's really inhibiting people that are both equal parts heart and equal parts ego from taking on leadership roles. They have this fear of rejection, this fear of failing, this fear of letting people down. So this, again, it goes with the heart aspect. And that's why we're seeing people in leadership roles that are high ego, low heart. People that are saying, I don't care what other people think. People that aren't listening to what other people are saying to them. People that are surrounding themselves with the same minded types of people so that they're not being questioned about their heart. It's like you're you're creating these leadership pockets and, and we've seen this even on social media as well too. We know this about social media that the more that you look, look at certain areas, um, certain news stories, certain posts, that the algorithm will kind of keep you in this bubble that's of like-minded content. The same thing is happening in our leadership bubbles. We have leadership that's for us. These are like high individuals. These are people that are leading companies or leading in politics, leading nations that are surrounding themselves because of this inability, or not even this inability, but this hardship of leading from an equal heart, equal ego center. We either have individuals that are high in ego, low in heart, because they're like, I'm not going to develop my heart because it's so like, look what happens when I do, I'm going to get crushed. I'm going to get, I'm going to let people down this fear of failure, this fear, fear of disappointment, which is a huge one for women specifically. So they like, I'm just going to raise my ego or to protect their heart. They surround themselves with same minded individuals, right? So that their heart doesn't get questioned at least directly. They're like, I'm not going to look at the comments. I ain't going to look at the haters. And this isn't the way to be progressive in creating a wholeness for the collective. This is where the separation of so much of and the decisiveness, that's why this is happening. Truly, I, I think as the more that I'm looking at this, the more that I'm thinking that this is where the de- decisiveness is happening. It's it's from these unhealed wounds of looking at authority and applying this perfectionism to them. So that's the for us aspect. Now let's look at the for you. So again, the for you is usually it's if you if you're not familiar with this phrase for me, for you, for us, it's just looking at how we lead ourselves and looking at it's how you lead you. So me. So when I use me, use me when you're in your little voice, in your little head. For me is for you. (laughs) I know it's confusing. The for you is for relationships, for like you and me. We're a for you. I'm doing this for you. (laughs) And the us is the collective, our communities. (laughs) I know it sounds so confusing when I say it, when I'm like, for me is for you and for you is for me and like (laughs) all that stuff. Okay. So now the for you, the for you is an interesting 
aspect of where kind of this perfection aspect comes into play. And it's, it's more so about just kind of how we show up in relationships. So when we have this unhealed motherhood wound and we see anything that's, if you're not perfect, you shouldn't lead. And if we are in relationships with people and we tend to see them not as perfect, this is when our relationship will, with them turns into mothering relationships mothering relationships so mothering mothering relationship is a very much just like i'm gonna like you're not perfect so you're not going to be the authority i guess i have to be the authority and this is when we mother the crap out of our husbands we mother the crap out of our moms (laughs) we mother the craps out of our sisters out of our friends we tell them what to do we tell them what to do very a it's a very masculine which is actually if you didn't know this mothering energy is actually very masculine forward um a lot of the times when i'm talking to women about feminine and masculine energetic energetics and i talk about the mothering energy like they're like oh it's feminine because it's a mom and moms are women and they're feminine it's like no, no 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 actually mothering is like masculine so the mothering energy is like did you do this did you do that did you do this did you go and do this So this is where if we haven't healed this wound of ours of seeing leadership, leadership, you don't have to be perfect. So that's, that's healing. It is knowing that there doesn't need to be a perfection to leading. Then we start to see our relationships of their equal power. Like my husband, he's equal to me equal power my mom equal she can do the things I don't have to sit there and like lecture them and tell them to do things they can figure it out they can figure it out but what we don't do this a lot of the times especially when there is conflict in between individuals when we have conflicts of either a friend and you are having conflict or your husband and you are having conflict a lot of the times we just look at I'm right you're wrong authority is this I'm rightness I'm I'm like follow me I am the right one you're wrong we don't see their side of the story in fact we don't even allow ourselves we're like there is no possible way for me to see your side without dropping my side and that's where we again we have these conflicts that never go away they just kind of keep resurfacing keep resurfacing and there is a way to communicate this in an effective way that actually allows for like changing in behaviors versus just like getting people's heels in the ground and they're not never going to change. But again, can you see how holding on to this leadership style of needing to have perfection, this desiring for perfection, when you see the people that are close to you and you see them mess up or you see them not perfect, you could then have a tendency to mother them. And then what kind of relationship does that build does this create a a relationship where you feel supported by them and loved on by them does this create a relationship and and again that's kind of going into your feminine energetics this is huge also in in your relationships if you're constantly mothering your husband or your partner how can you then step into your feminine and allow them to give to you so that you can receive and for them to step into their power their them to step into their more masculine side of themselves if you're constantly mothering them, they're not going, there's a, there's a balance of energy when we, when one person is in their masculine, the other one tends to be in their feminine. So if you are in your masculine, 
and you're desiring a partner, a man in your life, for me, it's a man who is more in their masculine, we're going to be, we're like, we're, we're polar or not polar opposites. We're the same magnet side, right? (laughs) We're going to like repel each other when I'm in my masculine versus I need to be in my feminine. I need to be in this receivership for his masculine side to come out. But if I look at a relationship and I'm like, you can't lead because you leave contacts on the counter. That's not perfect. (laughs) Then I just get into my mothering energy. Because then, because my relationship with authority, with leadership is you have to be perfect. And if he can't be perfect, then I at least can control the way that I show up. And I'm going to try my damn hardest to be perfect. So that's where I'm going to mother you because you can't lead yourself, obviously. This isn't a conscious thing, by the way. This isn't a conscious thing. This is something that you tend to see in hindsight or in introspection. So if you're really, really lucky, you could see it like before it's about to happen. And you're like, oh, sweet. Katie said, don't mother my my fiance or my husband or my partner. And you're welcome. (laughs) So do you, again, do you see how having this kind of having leadership on a pedestal can come into play with your view of the power in others that are close to you. We don't have this with people that we see online that we admire. We don't have this with, I didn't have this with Rachel Hollis. For the moment that she did something wrong, then I saw it, but I didn't have it because I didn't see her day-to-day life. I didn't see her messing up or see the imperfection. I saw what I saw on social media, which is so different. But with our relationships, we see them in their highs and their lows. And when we, when we have this accolade of perfection put on people, and then we see it just, it disrupts our ability to see people as powerful, self-led, capable, amazing individuals consistently. Cause isn't it like if, if your part, if your husband is like messing up and messing up and not like, it's so easy to fall into this mothering behavior of them, or it's so easy to see people as like, if I'm not going to help, like I got to help them. Or it's so easy to see people not in their power because of the last part, the, for me aspect. I feel like this doesn't even need to be talked about so much, but at the same time, I feel like it should be talked about everywhere. And and what I mean by it doesn't need to be talked about so much. It's, it's so simple to see, isn't it? Putting leadership on a pedestal of perfectionism. How detrimental can that be for us? The moment that we don't do something right. The moment we have a thought in our head of, I don't know, I don't know if this is good. How, how much are we being like keeping ourselves stuck, keeping ourselves from self-actualizing into our best versions of ourselves because we do this, because we have a tendency to do this, because we have an unconscious tendency to do this. This isn't something that's conscious. This is something that's probably all probably actually always been in your mind because remember 
the illusion of perfection was shattered when we were itty bitty, itty bitty children, right? So this is, if this has been happening all your life, all your adulthood, no wonder we have, we have struggles with perfectionism. No wonder we have struggles with overthinking. No wonder there's struggles of procrastination. Like how much energy have we spent on feeling this need for being perfect? How much overthinking have we done? How much procrastination have we experienced because of this linkage of, remember leadership is starts off with self-leadership. So if you don't feel like you can lead yourself in the way that you think leadership should look like, which is perfection, you're not going to self-actualize and get into the best version of you, right? This is where, like, we're just not seeing the people that are, like, heartfelt leaders, that they have a, a strong heart and a strong ego at the same time, too. We're not seeing them take on immense leadership capabilities. Because right now, this, like I've said before, remember when I talked about the 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 leaders that were surrounding themselves with other individuals that were so that they could protect their heart? We're protecting our heart because we're, there's a fear of failure. There's a fear of disappointment. There's a fear of rejection because of what if I get my, what if I put myself into a leadership position and I'm not perfect? which I know I'm not, right? We all know we're not perfect. We all see, we all know what's like in our mind, the imperfect thoughts that are happening in our mind, the overthinking, the self-doubt, we all have this thought. So in our mind to step into a leadership position, we're like, it's impossible because I know I'm not perfect. And sometimes for the people that do like, we're like, okay, well, then I have to step into a leadership position. And for how long can I hold the perfectionism of it all before someone finds out that I'm not perfect and then I'm going to get canceled. And then people are going to not want to follow me. They're going to be mad at me. They're going to be angry. They're going to be triggered at me because that's what I do when I see people that are in leadership positions and they're not perfect. Do you see how all of this keeps us stuck. It keeps us stuck and it keeps the other people stuck and it keeps you stuck and it keeps her stuck and it keeps Sarah over there stuck. And it's, it all comes from a good place, right? Of like, we have hearts. We are heart-based humans. That's what makes us so amazing. I know you that if you're listening to this podcast, I know you have a heart-based center that is strong. I know that. Like, it's impossible. I'm, I'm, I am not the type of person that someone who has a high ego and low heart is going to listen to. They're going to be like, Katie, you, uh, no, nope. <laughs> They're like, give me the people that tell me how to make a million bucks. That's the podcast I'm going to listen to in a day. Uh, <laughs> I know you have a big heart. And this is where we're just protecting ourselves from not taking on leadership positions or, or even taking a stance of being brave because that takes a leadership capability to do something big for ourselves, to do something brave for ourselves, whether that's to lose weight, whether that's to ask for like the career or go for the career or whether that's to be in a relationship, to go out and put ourselves out there that 
leaning ourselves, this leadership that all goes into there's like everything I can say, I'm going to talk about leadership. This goes into your wellness. This goes into your relationship. This goes into your career. It all, it all intermingles. Sorry. It all just intermingles. And I'm not sorry. It's like, duh. Do you see how this is keeping you stuck? This wound and it's a wound. This is not something that you like, it's inherently we're like, oh, this is happening. So this is what's shaping my belief. This is a wound that can be healed. And the first step is just recognizing it, right? Having the information of, oh, this is like what's happening to me. Recognizing where do you find, where do you find fault in leaders? Where do you find fault in yourself? Because this is where like leading yourself, self-leadership, leadership is everything. That's how we get us to do things. So if you're not doing the things that you want to be doing, there's a level of leadership that you have to start to cultivate for yourself to take the steps to make movements. And if you're not making the movements, this might be one of the reasons why your heart might be so big, which is beautiful. And that's the leadership that we need. But the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear of disappointment is keeping you from not taking the movement forward. And we don't have time for that. So the first step is understanding this and understanding, seeing it in other individuals as well too. Because a big aspect in feminine-based leadership is this idea of empathy and this this thought process, not even this thought process, but being able to actually understand, okay, this is what is going on with some individuals. You start to notice and start to see different patterns that might pop up. So then when somebody... Before this, maybe you maybe a situation popped up with someone was like not listening to another person or putting up some walls, something was going on. You're like, they're a bad person. I don't like them. Now you can actually start to see, oh shoot, they have a motherhood wound that they haven't healed yet. And then there's empathy and compassion for that person. And that's how we start to see, we start to heal our relationships with other people because we start to see them as they're not less than us because they're still struggling with this. I can heal this and so can they. I have faith that they, at the time that is perfect for them, they will heal it. But all I can focus on is me. That's radical self-responsibility right there. Is to see other people that are struggling with this as well and not to shame, blame, or fault them. That's a big thing that I say all the time. So the next the next part, remember when I said there was two things that usually happen when we have this motherhood wound? The first one is our belief of what authority will look like has been shaped into the authority equals perfection. This is something that we have to dismantle. And I really do believe just it's easy to start to dismantle or not. It's easy to start to dismantle by just kind of giving knowledge to it and looking at scenarios of where this comes up in your life. And then just kind of checking in and saying, oh, this is what happens. Okay, no. So that's a little bit of the easier part. The second part is why this is so hard to do sometimes, especially with us. So remember when I said there was the first part was um, when we have the motherhood wound, it's the authority, your belief about the authority is created. The second part is you possibly... I'm saying this is possible because this is not a generalization that this happens with everybody, but there could be a possible trauma that happened from seeing this 
idolized individual, this mother, as not perfect. There could have been an instilled trauma that you're not safe, basically. Because remember, having an Id- a perfect mother, she gave you comfort, safety, and security. So having a situation come up where you saw imperfection, this might have, depending on what type of experience it was, caused you to feel unsafe in that moment. And this is where I, I, I want to clarify the trauma aspect. When, when people use trauma, and I'm, I'm not trauma certified, I'm just trauma acknowledged. <laughs> um, if you want to follow somebody that's really into trauma, Monica Yates, um, I think it's Monica Yates Health on Instagram. She's phenomenal. Um, but trauma isn't this huge thing that happened to us. Sometimes it's small little things. But as a child, as a little baby girl, as a little baby Katie, the emotions were big. And so it could have just been as easy as like my mom said that she would be in the kitchen and I came into the kitchen and she wasn't there. So this fear of like, she lied to me, this fear of abandonment, this fear of rejection, it could have been come up in my in my body where the 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 crying happened and it's stored in me this sense of just this lack this feeling of unsafeness happens with this do you see how like easy that could be how like easily trauma can happen but it can be stuck in the body and this feeling this this sense of unsafeness happens and this is where if we don't feel figure out how to create in our body regulate our nervous systems that we don't we can move through this emotion and help our nervous system regulate it just keeps getting compound and keeps getting compound and keeps us stuck so let's look at when we're trying to lead just ourselves but we're overthinking we're like i'm not i'm not i'm not doing this right we're overthinking we're procrastinating or there's a perfectionism aspect going on so much of that comes down to we're trying to avoid this feeling of unsafeness So like, let's look at procrastination and perfectionism. Usually it's rooted in this fear of rejection and not feeling enough. Like that's like the inner fear that's happening. Like what, why else would we want perfection? We're we're not leading ourselves. We're not leading other people because we don't want to be rejected if we do it the wrong way or we don't want to like feel like we're not enough. So we, we don't follow through. We procrastinate or just we're, we're constantly trying to perfect ourselves. We don't make movements. We don't lead ourselves because of these fears or the overthinking aspect, constantly overthinking, chronic overthinking. This is, this is rooted down into this need to almost preempt danger and protect ourselves from it. So how many times have you started a project and you're like overthinking, 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 and you're like burnt out from all the overthinking because you're like, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to disappoint anybody that I'm like creating this program for, or I'm, or I am doing this for my, my job. I don't want to like, what if I get fired? (laughs) Something like that. We're over, we're chronically overthinking so that we think of all the scenarios that can cause failure or lead us to embarrassment or lead us to this quote unquote danger that we perceive. This is where it's, it's just, it all gets rooted back into how do we regulate our bodies so that we feel safe. 
So that when we start to go into these perfectionism standards, this procrastination or this overthinking, can we just regulate our body so that we feel safe? This is where I just posted to today, as of today. So today is Friday, October 27th. So I posted this reel about what it looks like to have a like kick-ass weekend, basically. And the biggest takeaway take that I had was just this focus of like focus on activities that give you fulfillment versus just getting the results, getting the results of like, I, I got this done, I got this done, I got this done. So much of us like put wellness, put meditation, put going on a walk, put exercising as a results list on our to-do list versus focusing on like being fulfilled from those activities, actually getting the benefits from that. That's where mindfulness, wellness, I feel like people just dismiss them. It's so easy to dismiss because we're like, it doesn't really do much because you're just going on a walk to like check it off, went on a walk (coughs) versus actually eliciting the emotion of I am fulfilled from this. And that is when we regulate, there's like a level of gratitude with fulfillment and gratitude helps regulate and really ground our nervous system. So I don't even know how long this conversation went. Um, I know it's long because I keep coughing. (laughs) Um, So that's all I have for you guys on this conversation. If this was helpful for you, I would be so grateful if you could share this with a friend or share this on social media. Get the word out. This is really, I want people to start stepping into their, their full capacity to lead, not just others, but lead themselves. And I know this world needs heart-based and at the same time, ego-based as well too. Equal heart, equal ego-based leaders that we're not seeing. So I love you. And I hope some moment this week takes your breath away. Hey there. Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many women listening. And if this episode supported you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your friends. Or even better, drop a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Don't forget, if you are looking for any additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at Katie Christ. See you back here next week.